BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, F is for Fifty Shades, Developing Boundaries, Tentacle Chairs, and PXS4. Erotic Awakening sponsored by The Submissive Guide, helping submissives understand themselves and the service they wish to provide. From sexual to domestic, personal assistant to pain slut, and everything in between. I say, it says Dawn says, but I say <laughs> it's one of the best online resources for submissives on the web. You can find them online at submissivesguide.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law or damn tired of hearing about Fifty Shades of Grey, we recommend you stop <laughs> listening right, right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Unfortunately, listeners, we are going to talk about Fifty Shades of Grey because you and I just left from the movie theater not a mere 20, 30 minutes ago. It was homework. That's the only reason I went. It was homework. Uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. <laughs> I'm going to say I did yeah, um, we'll get into that. <laughs> and, but we have a really nice interview about creating boundaries, how to create boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and about consent. And if you're new to the scene, what you need to know to be able to walk in there and have a healthy set of this is what I want to do, this is what I don't want to do, this is my own personal space. Uh, we had that conversations with Iroh and Lost in the Mix uh, just a few weeks ago, and it was actually held in a dungeon. So it was. For actual authenticity. Awesome, so. uh, and a little bit of other stuff as well. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Did I do that already? Yeah, yeah, we did that. Sometimes we forget. This time we did it twice. Well, good, so, good. I'm sure you Awesome, yes. awesome. And guess what? You know what? We started a lot of podcasts like this. Oh, actually, I got a couple of things that I'm going <laughs> to. I have to write. Oh, I have to write notes. But guess what? I'm getting ready to do. What? What? Pack the car again. <laughs> we got Chicago coming up, so we Kinky do College. Every six months, we seem to find ourselves up there. It's one of uh, one of my favorite events. Well, I've got some favorites, and um, Kinky College is also one of those. So. We had spoken or emailed with somebody not too long ago, and they were asking about events in Chicago. And I mm-hmm. said, try Kinky College, and if you go, we will break bread with you. Oh, nice. Have a cup of coffee at least. I don't know if they're going, though. And I can't remember who it was I had that conversation with. It would be nice to hear back from them then because, you know, there is a little coffee shop in the hotel, so we could do coffee or, you know, something like that. And uh, that would be nice. Absolutely. So, Don, um, Where do you you want to start? Well, (laughs) so you and I just came back from seeing the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, and we will talk about that a little bit uh, with some other stuff as well. Uh, Real quickly, though, I don't really have a lot to say about it, to be honest. About the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, In general, as far as a movie, and this is not three paws up or three thumbs up, the movie review podcast we do with Karen. No. Um, So I won't, you know, but it wasn't a bad, it wasn't my... taste in movies. I don't like romance movies to start with. Right. And that's exactly what it was. It was a romance movie. It was not a kink movie. No, there were some BDSM-ish themes in there. Yeah. Um, but there was no... 
I mean, it's not like it's German dungeon porn, folks. It's just, right. it was, it was soft core and the, the thing at the end. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, it was, it was a little bit soft porn. I mean, there was definitely nudity in there. You yep. saw the Got top of his cock. No, you I, saw I, I, some bush. You saw, so, you know, her nipples and ass and things like that. So it's definitely, um, actually I would say a little beyond the R rated. I'm surprised they got an R rated with that, but, um, yeah, when it came to the BDSM and the submission versus the dominance and stuff, there was there was so little of that that there was times I almost laughed. There was, a, you know, the overall laughed, I, not left, but I could have done that too. I, yeah, I actually did at one point to answer a, know, a work overall. call, and you were like, "Woo, work exactly. called." Um, overall, a it was a little boring to me. Mm-hmm. B, I didn't think that the chemistry of the two of them really worked too particularly mm-hmm. well for me. Overall, uh, like you've said over and over again, what it, the overall benefit is is terminology like dominance and submission mm-hmm. and contracts and consent. Mm-hmm. No means no. Safe words. Has been brought into the public ear. The, so that's the plus side. The right. downside is um, much like the secretary, they are portraying one of the two people as a... Um, Broken person. And love will set you free. Yeah. And make you complete. And yeah. So, uh, you know, there's pros and cons. Just a movie. If it, It's going to bring more people into lifestyle just like the book did. Mm-hmm. And some will stick around and some will not. Some will find a homecoming. Absolutely. And some will say, well, I'm just in here for the kinky sex. And mm-hmm. some will not even stick around because they'll be like, whoa, this is not for me at all. And most will watch the movie and move on to the next big and thing. giggle in the back of the audience like the few that were in the audience did while we were watching it. <laughs> it was giggling. So, you know, I just yeah, it was it was just a movie. It's like you said, it's not my kind of movie. I don't do chick flicks. And to me that was a chick flick. Yeah. You know, it was a Harlequin romance with a couple of crops put in. <laughs> and and at the end the six slash the the six Okay, spoiler alert if Thank you haven't you. read the book or seen the movie, but Six Wax... With a belt. With a belt. Was doing his worst? Was doing his worst. Yeah. <laughs> I will say... I got nothing to say. The look on my face says it all um, that you can't see. If you are uh, new to the lifestyle and you said, Dan, do your worst, and you convinced me you really want me to do your worst... Um, it would not be that scene. It would not be that scene. <laughs> Master Hank would come out. No, yes, Master and... Hank. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I got to say about Fifty Shades Grey. Boom. Yeah. Done. Though there were a couple of moments where you. Oh, reached you got wet them. here and there. I did. Young lady. There was a couple of moments. So you know the whole, you know, hands over the head. I mean, hell, that's how you and I got started. Was with neckties. You had a bag of neckties from Goodwill in the car. Mm-hmm. And we would tie it to the seat frames and shit to tie me down. And, you know, we knew nothing about safety scissors or anything like that back <laughs> but then. But see, and we, might be, we might have found this movie much more titillating had we not... If it wasn't for the fact that we go to these parties... Right. I don't know, 12, 15 times a year. Right. At least. At least. So... Uh, we don't really have the right perspective of uh, to the viewing eyes of the regular and I, audience. And I really thought of that as we were watching the movie. It's like, how different would this be? Kind of like Dangerous Touch with Lou Diamond Phillips. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been in the scene for a long time, maybe that's not as titillating. When I first watched that <laughs> back in the 80s, 
I love that word, titillating. It was titillating. It was hot. It was one of my first, oh shit, that's hot. I want to try that sort of thing. So, you know, and I know for a fact it's brought some people into the community. There are people that go to the Submissive Roundtable right now that when Fifty Shades of Grey was brought up last month, they're like, hey, don't knock it. That's why I'm here. Right. You know, I read it a year and a half ago. It, it, it made that feeling in my belly that I wanted mm-hmm. to try something, and it was scary, and now here I am. Good so, enough for me. Good enough for me. But, uh, but, and, and keep in mind, folks, when you if, if that's why you came into Lifestyle, that's mm-hmm. why you found the podcast, good. That's good. Right. Right. Anything that opens the door. And anybody that gives you shit about it, once you've talked to them for a while, eventually you'll get to the point where they say, well, it was after I read Marketplace or watched The Secretary or, or found something literotic. Or, yeah, or found something <laughs> or on literotica. literotica. Exactly. No doubt. Oh, I forgot about literotica. I bet I still got stuff on there. What if it's still out there? I think it is. I right, think I'm it tired is. of Fifty Shades Gray. Okay, but, if you're th- but, but oh, that ties into what we're doing Tuesday. Does it? Because oh, we have we two things. Because we went for a homework assignment. And because um, I could have put it off seeing it. I, I just really could have. Like I said, I don't do chick flicks too much. But um, Tuesday, we're actually going to be on a panel. Or is it just me and you? Or I'm not is it exactly a panel? sure how it works. Okay. So, but all I know is it's in the evening, and there are some um, college students that mm-hmm. have questions about the movie, and I'm assuming about consensuality mm-hmm. and the lifestyle. And I'm assuming, and like I said, I don't know, but I know people are concerned about others using this as an excuse for abuse. Mm -hmm. So I've got a feeling there's going to be questions like that. I don't know. Maybe they just want to know where the local TNG group is, (laughs) you know? So it's hard to tell. So Tuesday night we'll be doing that, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, over at the Ohio State University. Um, And the one thing I really like about this is it's, Driven by the students. The students said, we want to talk to people that Mm -hmm. are involved in the lifestyle and ask them questions versus them just having to go because they're getting credit for it. Right, right. So, but what else makes that interesting is what Tuesday is. Oh, that's a good point. So Tuesday is actually our 14th collaring anniversary. 14 years. 14 years. So together for 16, because we put some time in before we actually did the formal collaring and then... 14 years anniversary. So we get to go on our anniversary. We get to go to OSU and talk about our life. Mm-hmm. How neat is that? That, that is, that is kind of neat. <laughs> Happy anniversary, by the way. Happy anniversary. 14 years of being in a power exchange relationship. That's pretty neat. Yes, sir. You could be in a 14-year power exchange relationship as well. If you, um, well, that's not. What are you going to offer them? <laughs> I was going to recommend that they head over to powerexchangesummit.org and oh. find out about the Power Exchange Summit event. That is the fourth year of the event uh, is coming up in just a few months. That is where you and I have taken our Power Exchange relationship. We first created a book called Living MS, and then we created this event um, that is a reflection of how we view the lifestyle and what's important to us. Uh, and that's reflected in the presenters that we're bringing out, uh, for example, Slave Ziggy and Raven Caldera and Arcane, Miss Brenda, uh, Kevin and Katie are coming back, right, et cetera, et cetera, right. uh, as well as the classes that are teaching there, and as well as the lack of a dungeon that happens there. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of that event is it's a relationship summit. It is about having a long-term power exchange relationship, navigating through the hurdles, and uh, and also, of course, um, celebrating the 
the joy of that kind of relationship right. and being able to surround yourself with people that view things the same way for an entire weekend. Fantastic event. We're greatly looking forward to that. And we would like you, podcast listeners, to come out and join us. Exactly. So tickets are now on sale. They just went on sale. So if you go to powerexchangesummit.org, there will be a um, spot there to register. And we hope to see you there. So whether you're currently in a relationship, wanting a relationship, or just curious about the whole damn thing, you know, this is the place to come and check it out and learn some more. PowerExchangeSummit.org. Go check it out. Um, I did notice in the Fifty Shades Grey movie that the Anastasia Steele said to Christian Grey, I just enjoy saying those names. Even the names are hard. Like uh, that she says, I've fallen in love with you. And he yes. did not say, I love you to Anastasia. No. He did not. No, he did not. But do you know who loves us? <gasps> who loves us? Well, Stanislav from Bulgaria supports the space and says we are awesome. I've heard that name before. He's written in before, I think. I'm sure he did. Awesome. We don't we don't have many Bulgarian no, uh, listeners, so we remember Stanislav. Uh, and he has uh, heard about the space, which you um, is our our desire to have a community play space education mm-hmm. super center right. in, here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, you can find out more about that by going to community.bluecatcooperative.com. Blue Cat or Blue Adventures? Blue Adventures Cooperative. Just, I'll put the shit, better put a link, <laughs> better put a linky in there. Um, so Stanislav wrote in to say he supports that and says we're awesome. Awesome. Nikki wrote an email, though, saying that I love you both. And Aww. Nikki went on to say, um, I finally met a wonderful sir who led, led me to listening to your podcast and reading Living MS. And went on to say, by listening to you, have you have you read this email yet? No. By listening to you and reading your wonderful book, I have been able to accept myself more and leave that broken feeling behind Aww, me. Oh, that's sweet. I that's hope. a hurdle. <laughs> Do you know how many of us feel broken to begin with because we're interested in something that's not mainstream? Mm-hmm. So that's a huge hurdle. Awesome. That uh, that that message really gave me the feels, as the yes. kids say nowadays. Yes, I could cry. Do not cry. Yes, sir. Instead, help me in congratulating the Grey Dancers Rope Cast. Uh, <laughs> we often tell the story about 351 episodes ago. <laughs> we got started because Grey Dancers stuck a microphone in our mm-hmm. face. The Rope Cast is now 10 years old. Wow. That, that's just amazing that podcasting has been around for 10 years. I know, I know. So, and hopefully we'll last 10 years too. Obviously, we have things to say. Apparently. Oh, but guess what? I are do this. Are you moving on from Great Dancers 10 years? Kind of, sort of, but it's short. Well, I was just going to tell people that they should head oh. over to Erotic Awakening Podcast to find out more about Great Dancers. Oh, yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. Because he's on the network. Yes. But I have to head over there too. Why is that? Because I do this thing called. Uh, 101 goals and 1,001 days. Mm-hmm. I got it from Lee Harrington, actually. I thought it was a great idea because I was looking at his list and something were like, some, some of the stuff on there was like huge projects and some stuff was like kiss in the rain, sit in the rain on a beach, uh-huh. things like that. And it's like, oh my God, I got to remember those little things. That's, that's part of what makes life special. So I've got this 101 list. This is my third time around right. doing it. I've started a Facebook group where I've got some of my supportive friends on there, you know, that are helping me out. I'm helping them out. But guess what is one of the things on my list? I do not know. Is it uh, listening to the all the shows on the Erotic Waking Podcast is, Network? actually. And do, do you know how many shows we have? Oh, it's all of our shows. All of our oh, shows. 
shows, not just the network, but I got to throw those in too. So, but even just our shows, what number are we on? 352. How many days are any how many weeks in a year? How many days in a year? 365. I have to listen to a podcast a day for a year. For a year. And then put the networks ones on top of that. Wow. I can't do it. Wait, I got a thousand and one days. <laughs> Woohoo! I got three years. <laughs> um, As we keep recording more every week. <laughs> I tell you, I bet you'll be surprised at what you find. I'll be like, wow, I didn't know we did a podcast on that topic. You know, and that's what I'm actually hoping for is for more topics. Because like you said, we, we've changed and we talk about things differently mm-hmm. now. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, talking about some of the stuff we've talked about before to be kind of neat to see what our perspective is now. One of the things that we should talk about that's new Erotic Wickening is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the original designer glow-in-the-dark and light-up canes. It's where art and pleasure come together, and they suit your unique style of play. They have the biggest selection of canes on the net. And it's more than canes. Check out the great selection of hand-poured, low-temp paraffin and soy wax candles, as well as all the basics such as gags, collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. EA listeners get 10% off orders of $25 or more with the discount code DANANDDAWN15. Find out all that good stuff at kjcanes.com. I sneezed and the dog didn't come running. I saw that. So one of the things that you might find (laughs) as you listen to 351 episodes of Erotic Awakening Podcast. Yes, sir. As I reach for this thing, is that throughout the course of the podcast, I've had a couple of different slaves. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been, you know, this is over the course of four plus years. Right. And um, we have a few slaves. Well, we've got one slave that's been with me for a few years now. Mm -hmm. But we've had a few other slaves that have Mm -hmm. been part of our life during the podcasting. And you might even hear their voices on there. Mm -hmm. Well, as it happens, I got this brand new chainmail and hematite padlock closure collar from Elegant Submission. See, see, it's pretty. It it's is. really it's pretty. very pretty. Um, it came with a little lock too. Oh, there it is. So the uh, proprietor of the store uh, sent Ooh. me this over the other day, and I just asked us to take a look at it, and we thought that was quite beautiful. Um, and there's a little pa- a little heart padlock, yeah, heart very pretty. Padlock, little heart keys. Uh, so I'm looking forward to putting that around somebody's neck. It's very pretty. Oh yeah. I don't have a clue who I'm not. No, I'm not searching at the moment for a new slave. But if what happens to come up? Um, you can see this particular uh, pe- this color and other ones like it. I do want to pitch her store, uh, elegantsubmission.weebly.com. W-e-e-b-l-y.com. I will put a link to the store in, in that as well. I wonder if it would end up in an auction. Or around somebody's throat. Around somebody's throat. That's okay. a possibility, too. <laughs> no, but you know what? I do want to mention something. Speaking of auction, mm-hmm. we've actually got something that's going to be pretty amazing on the Power Exchange Summit auction table mm-hmm. this year. So um, last, was it last weekend? Was it only last weekend that we were spending time with Molly Two Devin? Two, Two weekends. Weeks. Yes. Good, because time's passing by fast. Um, and we saw Molly Devin, and we actually got a book, her book, Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns, and she signed it for us and put a mention for PXS 2015 in there. 
Very nice. What a, what a, I like it. I, it. It might not make it to the table. There was. Two, <laughs> it will. I'll just have to bid on it. Um, there was two different instances throughout our uh, time at Lupercalia where we actually got to sit down and have a meal with Molly Devon once, mm-hmm. if not three times. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it was three times, wasn't it? I think it was three times because we had the um, the big dinner Saturday night as well. Really so interesting. In the and then... Really nice uh, to sit with somebody. Um, and have we just had a lot of neat little things in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty neat. It was neat. It was neat. It was really, really special. So awesome, awesome. And that just burns us right through nearly everything on the list today, folks. Um, we do have a new subscriber to the newsletter. Who would that be? Oh, we actually have a couple of things. So we have Eric in Ontario, Canada. So, Welcome to the newsletter, Eric. Mm-hmm. And then someone sent me, um, her name was Deborah, sent me a link to a tentacle chair. I would call that a tentacle throne. That, that is did look one... like a tentacle throne. Because yes. it was like an octopus on the back of it. And then it just kind of, the tentacles just kind of draped back. So that was really cool. But that came in last night. I was checking my phone messages that had come in mm-hmm. while I was on my date with the mm-hmm. boyfriend. Big and, D. Um, no, Big, big D. D. Yes, yes, Big, big D. D. Okay, yes, big yes. D. And, um, you and always I, date people that name starts with D. Do you recognize that? Yeah. In the last couple, uh, anyway. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> um, and I showed him the picture, and he's like, huh, interesting. I'm like, I have enough links to furniture and knickknacks to where if we get a new place, I can deck the whole thing out in tentacles. <laughs> It'd be chairs and coffee tables and chandeliers and decals to go over the bathtub and we could have a tentacle haven. We could. Um, I would like that at least then some food on food boobs. on boobs in our haven as well. I think that'd be that'd appropriate. Be you can suggest how we should decorate our house as well as tell us that, that you want to have a question of the day. Mm-hmm. Me speak really good. <laughs> uh, contact us at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. Or use the Got Comment form on the webpage, which is eroticawakening.com. And you can spread all the way down to the very bottom and see our contact information where you too can join the newsletter get links to past podcast episodes, all kinds of good goobly stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, so and you said our calendar was on there as well. Mm-hmm. So of what we're doing and, and it's where kind we of, will be. Well, it's kind of funny because that 101 goal list, I have someone on my Facebook page that said um, one of their goals is contingent on me and you. And I was like, oh, really? What do you have in mind? And she's like, I haven't seen one of your workshops yet. And it's like, oh. Hey, that's, that's not bad. Though. It's still good, but I was thinking of something else. Uh, finally, we do want to mention that you should rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, like us on Facebook, and tell your friends about us. Absolutely, that's always tell your very friends. valuable. So that's still that's still just awesome, awesome. So I find that more people listen to our podcast than I actually thought, and most it's of them new, neat. Most of them come <laughs> via friends' recommendations. Absolutely. So awesome. So are we going to listen to Iro and Lost in the Mix? We are indeed. Dom, you've been to play parties before, right? Yes, sir, I have. And sometimes when you go to play parties, you're wearing sexy lingerie Mm -hmm. and maybe a strap-on hanging off your tallywhacker and you're looking for play. (laughs) Right. Is it okay for anybody just to come over and grab you and start playing with you? No. Good. That's good because 
Our guests on the podcast tonight, Iroh and Lost in the Mix, are going to tell us about how to develop those boundaries, nice. about consent, nice. and about how just because you're going to an alternative sex event doesn't mean that you can just have sex with anybody that's moving. Is that true? You can ask. <laughs> well, you can ask. Okay. <laughs> Guys, thanks for being on the podcast tonight. Thank you. Thanks one, for of the, one of the really neat things that people are concerned about when they come out to these parties and that kind of thing is... You know, do they have to play with anybody that asks kind of like story of O? Um, or are they allowed to bring their own boundaries? And if you're new, how do you develop those boundaries? So what I want to ask you guys is how, what, how do you develop those boundaries when you've, you're sitting there by yourself getting ready to go to start going to things? The, the funny thing I've noticed is that most of the people we interact with, when you start talking with them, it becomes really obvious really fast that they have no idea what their boundaries even are. So they only know that something has happened and somebody's crossed a boundary because they feel fucking uncomfortable. That's a good, clear indication, but by then it's already too late. Right. Somebody's already run through the fence, bulldozed right over, and they're just rolling around in that person's yard and they can't kick them out because the person's already there stealing all their toilet paper. So let me step back for a moment. What okay. you, what, when we talk about developing boundaries, what are boundaries? What are we talking about? Boundaries are the thing that, that keep people feeling safe in their interactions with other people. Okay. Um, and that, that's important to point out because it's not just boundaries are the things that make it so I can tell people how I want to be treated. But right. it's also things that you're comfortable doing with other people. Mm. A boundary can be emotional. It can be physical. Um, a physical boundary is kind of obvious. And that's normally what people talk about when they talk about boundaries. They say... Hey, Iroh, I would like to grab your balls now. And you can have the choice then to say, yes, I would like you to grab my balls. I usually say yes. yes. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, they're all ready. Um, but more often than not, people kind of make assumptions with physical boundaries. And that's where the BDSM stuff kind of gets a little complicated because our scene, ironically, even though we're doing kinky stuff, we're walking around, as you said, with the... Tally-whacker. Tally <laughs> so you think, okay, everybody's free and easy and there's right. less boundaries. What I found coming in is that it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. People in this community ask permission before they even give a hug. I even think some of us like this community because of its boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, huh. But as we come into, and we don't know everything, right? We don't mm -hmm. know what to ask. We don't know. If somebody says, you know, uh, can I flog you? You might say, well, yeah, I like being flogged. Um, how do I know to develop those boundaries if I don't really know what the questions might be, right? Somebody might offer to flog me, and then they just start taking my shirt off and say, wait a minute, I didn't know that was part of it. Sure. Well, well, of course it is. How am I going to flog you through your shirt? That'd be uncomfortable. That's where we get into more affirmative um, consent. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to talk about it. starts with a conversation. Um, we encourage everybody here to kind of go through newcomer's orientation that comes through our door anyway here at Ohio Smart. Um, where we, we straight on approach these things and, and try to tell people that that's not okay. People can just come up to you and, and do whatever you want. It, it's not all right. Mm -hmm. And the movement from the no means no. It, no means no has been kind of a, a calling card for consent and boundaries for a long time. And there's right. been this movement recently that you found. Towards enthusiastic yes. Yes. So rather, and that's affirmative consent. So rather than looking for the no, and I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to say, Don, I'd, I'd like to rub. I'd like to rub my ass right on your right on your hip there. And yes. you're standing there blinking at me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. You, you don't want this. I just don't pretend you don't, don't want, want this, this for a second. Okay. I'm waiting. 
Right. You haven't said no. Right. All right. Landing gear down, my ass is going right towards your hip. Right. So she well, didn't say no. And that's um, one of the differences that I've found. I don't know if you guys have found this or not, or even if you've been in the other community, but with the swinging community, they had no means no. We had no means no. Mm-hmm. It seems, with my experience, that in the swinging community, yes is implied until no is said, where in the BDSM community, no is implied until yes, yes is said. And if you're coming from one environment to the other, it can be a little confusing, you know, of how to set those boundaries and, and things like that. I think so. that's something that you always tell people when, when you're giving tours um, around Ohio Smart and you're telling people about wristbands and what you say about the, what they imply. Yeah, we, we do use a wristband system where um, it implies that you're open to a conversation. It never means that you're open for people to do things to you. It's simply to start that dialogue. And I think that's what's the biggest thing. You have to talk about what you want, but it starts with knowing what you want kind of before you go out. And that's why we, we try to talk about developing those for yourself before you even go out into, into anything, not just a community that does BDSM or kink. Do you find when you negotiate with people to play, and they're, you, know, you say to them, well, what, what do you want to do? What do you like? And they say, oh, anything. I'm good with anything. Is that, <laughs> I get that all the <laughs> Is that a result of them not understanding their own boundaries, mm-hmm. perhaps? Absolutely. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, be careful who you say that to. Um, you know, you want somebody to just, well, yeah, whatever, it's fine with me. I trust you. I'm like, let me earn it. Guy mm-hmm. Broham that I just met five minutes ago. I trust you. Um, I, I've been a tattoo artist for 21 years, and people would just come in and say, well, I trust you. And it would blow my mind, like, why? Because you saw pictures that might be something that somebody else did, you know, and and give it time and and develop a good rapport with people and let them earn that trust from you. That was something that I learned when I started dating him was when we started getting together, I I didn't have boundaries. I didn't have any awareness of what was okay or not. Mm -hmm. I ended up in some really suspect situations at, at public play parties where people, I assumed that I was in good hands because here I am, I'm finally out and about and, and everything should be fine. And I ended up in some, some situations where blood was drawn by somebody with vampire gloves and I still, to this day, have no idea who it was. Right. But I was leaving myself open to it and not saying no the whole time because I was terrified. So when I started dating Iroh, he started having these conversations and wanting to negotiate with me. And my comment was, what's negotiation? Right. And it was like three hours of torture of like talking and Mm -hmm. like, hey, can we play now? And please, can we play now? And four hours later, you know, we finally did, but I had never felt so safe. Right. Because I knew exactly what I was getting into. I knew what to expect. And because he knew exactly what I was okay with, he knew where the lines were. When we start talking to people and we start looking around and saying, okay, where do I feel uncomfortable? Where did I feel safe? Okay, I felt uncomfortable when I was talking with somebody, I was flirting, it felt great, and then all of a sudden they're touching me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I probably have a boundary with touching. How do I communicate that? And that's where we get into. So when we, when we teach the boundaries class, we teach people, okay, this is how you identify where the boundary is. Great. Figuring out, I don't like it when random Joe Schmo tweaks my nipple. Right. Don't like it. Not okay with it. That's not a good way to communicate boundaries, though. Telling somebody what you don't want them to do doesn't help. Telling somebody what you want them to do gives them a clear path on how to succeed. 
So the, the big challenge, of course, then, random Joe comes over and tweaks your nipple. And then he gets punched in the face. <laughs> but is that, so that, that, is that the appropriate way to assert your boundaries? It depends on, and that's something we get into when you get in, because it first goes identify, then communicate, then enforce. Mm -hmm. And enforcing is usually the place that, that people who are new to boundaries fuck it up. Right. They're either inconsistent... So, okay, I'll let him do that that time because Joe Schmo is really hot. Right. But then or popular. But then slightly less popular, well-known, less attractive Joe Schmo does it, and then it's not okay. Right. Well, they're allowed to have different boundaries of different people, but how do you clearly state that so Joe Schmo number three over here sees both of these and doesn't know what, what you want, what's okay? So how do you negotiate? Assert your boundaries in a situation like here we are at we're at this, uh, the Ohio Smart tonight, mm -hmm. and in right on the other side of that wall, there's five or ten or fifteen brand new people, Absolutely. never been here before. Now they may see later in the evening, they may see Dawn tied to a cross, and Brilliant. I might be flogging her, but I might leave to go get a drink of water or something crazy like that, and they might come over and grab the flogger, grab a flogger, and start swinging. With the idea they saw it in some movie or somebody told, for whatever reason, they mm -hmm. think it's okay. How does Dawn, now we'll assume Dawn's not tied up and that she's able to communicate. How can she assert her boundaries in such a way that that person's response is not to be shamed sure. or shunned or never come back, right? Sure. How do we be welcoming and still have our own standards? I think that's where you step in and say exactly what the standard is. The standard is that you ask before you touch. You ask first. So, hey, I know you're really excited to play. That's great. We're glad to have you out. If you're interested in that, this is how you talk to people. This is how you approach them. You say, hey, I'm interested in flogging you. Can I do that? That's great. The other thing is then at the end of that, and this is the last part of kind of the enforcement part, you have to tell them what happens if they cross the boundary. Right. There has to be, and it's not a consequence, it's just what happens. If you do this again... If you come up and tweak my nipple again, Don, without asking me, I'd be okay with that. But if you do that again without asking me, I'm not going to be able to talk to you anymore. Or I'm going to have to leave the situation. Or I'm going to have to get Ira. Or, and then you set it up, and then you have to follow through. Yeah. And that is the second place where most yep. people fall down on their faces because it's uncomfortable, because they're embarrassed. You don't want to be a bitch. And how often have you had people come up to you as a board member, saying, I had this really uncomfortable interaction. Yeah, many, many times, and, and I always try to ask people, you know, obviously if something happens here, we will, we will look into it and we can talk to somebody, but if, if you cannot first, that's the word I'm looking for, you, you know, tell, tell somebody what your boundary is and right. then what they're doing wrong, I, how can... Anybody else do that? It's always a bad idea to say, well, they should have known. No, because they don't. Yeah. You know, everybody's boundaries are so different, like yeah. you said, with, and sometimes with different people. So. And different days. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm somebody who, I went from having no boundaries. Right. Not, and like anybody was like touching and like groping and it made me uncomfortable and I felt unsafe. And then after we had some pretty serious situations happen, uh, People hit me that I was not, like, it was in a presentation. They were presenting something on, like, bloodborne pathogens. And they wanted participation. So here I am, obviously, talking, participating appropriately. And they wanted me to stop talking. So they took a, um, a crop. A crop. Smacked my arm so hard that it welted up. And I'm sitting there going, 
this what? is not okay. <laughs> I, and I froze, and I didn't know what to do, and he was taking a nap out on the back patio, so I like went out and like sat next to him because I was just terrified, and that was the point where we were like, we need to figure out how to communicate this mm-hmm. to people. So I backtracked for a long time, and I took away all physical touch from anybody. These days, I've gotten comfortable to the point where I tell people in advance, I'm not hugging today. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to hug you right now. I, I might want like to hug you later. Being able yeah. to do that, yeah. I like being able to do it's that. Great. And some people have learned it with me to come sure. in and ask first. And some days it's like, oh, why wouldn't you want to hug me? Oh, that's right, because I had a boundary recently. So yeah. But, but that's that a great. That's a great point. That just that my boundaries are allowed to be flexible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're allowed to change day to day. And today this is okay, but this is not. Sure. And that's... it doesn't make me fickle. That right. makes me communicating my needs. Right. Right. And I love it when here. people right. accept yes. that of me, too, because I do. I feel safer. Sure. So That's something you pointed out, though, with just because, just because you've done something before with somebody. Doesn't mean that you do it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, might, it might be okay to, to do whatever in a scene or even come up and grab someone's hair, do a drive-by with them, and you might completely throw them off that day. Right. The, the thing that people, people who are new to boundaries constantly say to us is I don't want people to think I'm a bitch. I don't yeah. want people to think I'm a prick. I, you know, I don't want to be the standoffish person. I, I want people to feel comfortable around me. Which person are you going to feel comfortable around? The person that clearly has communicated to you how they want you to interact with them mm-hmm. so you know if you want to be successful, this is the route. I versus <laughs> Little Miss Landmine where you're not quite sure what reaction you're going to get on a given day because they might be in a bad mood, or they might feel unsafe, or they might grab you in an approach. Which is going to work better for you. Yeah. I'm with that. Clearly setting it up. Yep. So, question for you. Yes, what, ma'am. What have you found with your experience of talking to people when people are starting to set their boundaries? Mm-hmm. Are people usually able to figure out their big boundaries first? Are there little boundaries first? The physical ones, I think. The physical are ones? The ones that stand out. Those are okay. the easiest ones, yeah. I, I think a lot of people reflect on on that. I don't want to be mean, and I don't want to put people off um, that are maybe showing interest. Not necessarily that they're just doing something to me, but maybe they're advancing and saying, hey, I'm interested in you. And it, that might be an emotional place where they kind of put hands up, and mm-hmm. I don't quite know how to say no. Yeah. Or I, you know, I might say, well, I don't, I, I'm not sure, or, and then not push them away when they know that it's a clear no. Mm-hmm. And that points out that the, the thing that I think a lot of people miss is that boundaries are not just for submissives, bottoms, females. That was going to be yeah. my ending question. What we've talked about a lot mm-hmm. is that, hey, guys get to have boundaries too, tops get to have yeah. boundaries too, dominance, masters, they all get to have boundaries, emotional boundaries too. Mm-hmm. I, what, what I've seen sometimes with, with Iroh is that people have play with and, and the crossing of emotional boundaries with that of, hey, play doesn't equal dating. Right. Yeah. Dating equals dating. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the fact conversation. that conversation, conversation <laughs> doesn't equal dating. And yet, hey, you've, you've played with me. Why aren't, you know, aren't we dating now? And then pushing. And then the guilt that kind of follows for the top, mm-hmm. having to say, you know, I, I really had fun with the play. It was great. It was play. Yes, it was play. And then having to walk that little trapeze. You know, as a top, you don't want to shut people down, but sometimes you just have to. I, I, I've had people come up and want to do things, and, and I just don't know them yet. I don't know what their reaction is or if their, their level is up to what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. Sure. One more question for you, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. And you don't have to answer it. 
Why not? Have you ever perceived, or do you have any concern that boundaries are actually boxes or cages? That now I've got a boundary. I don't want anybody touching my penis is a boundary of mine, right? Mm -hmm. But what if Iro happens to be a master of penis touching and I'm missing out on something? Master of penis touching, I love that. How'd you know? Well, <laughs> and I enjoy that you held your hand over your penis area. Thank you. I asked the question. But do you ever, is there any reason for concern that a boundary becomes a trap yes, preventing yes. you from growth? Yes. Absolutely. Um, what, the, what, what I talked about in the beginning with me not having any boundaries, and, and clinically we'd call that loose boundaries. Mm -hmm. And it's, if you imagine a house being you and your yard is kind of your personal interaction space, loose boundaries, there is no fence. There's dogs in your yard digging up things, <laughs> there's people toilet papering your trees, there's people stealing butter out of your fridge. You have no control. And, you, and they perceive you think it's okay. Exactly. And they come and camp out in the yard and, and they don't leave because there's nothing to keep them out. And they'll do it again. What you're talking about is rigid boundaries. And rigid boundaries are the kind where it's like a prison camp, like that thing in uh, Walking Dead, with the, 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 the turrets and the, the guys with the pellet yeah. guns up in the top. And nobody's getting in and nobody's getting out. So bonus, your trees aren't getting toilet paper. Negative, you can't get to the store to buy more toilet paper, so you're going to run out at some point. Mm -hmm. Your butter is safe, but you have no one to share it with. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's nobody in and out of your yard. Healthy boundaries is that middle place. You got a fence. It's low enough you can see over it and see who wants to come in and touch your balls. But there's a gate. You can let them in. And if they start eating all your butter, you can kick them out. It's a nice happy medium. Everyone has butter. Everyone's balls get touched. If they want, you know. I, I wouldn't mind my balls being touched with butter. I'm, I'm imagining that now, actually. Do so, I have your permission to imagine that? With the, the absolutely. I'm thinking of proactive service, man. I'm going home and buying some butter. Yeah. <laughs> Hot butter balls. Ooh. Hot butter balls. Yes. I would drink that. Eliza um, Kay's action. So Iro lost. I very much appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to us. Shouldn't you be busy preparing for smarts? We, or we, for Kinko we, de Mayo, I mean? We, we should, yes. Uh, Kinko is underway in planning. I uh, hope to see everybody out. Uh, it's March 1st and 2nd of May. Oh, I'm sorry, not March, May. May 1st and 2nd, Kinko de Mayo, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. I bet yes. there's a website even. There is a website, kinkodemayo.com. Uh, go ahead and log on, check it out. Our and presenters are up on there. Check out our presenters and details to come. Fantastic. Awesome. Guys, thank you very much for thank being on the podcast you. tonight. Thanks so much. Don, do you have any butter on you right now? For some reason, I am a little hungry. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Floor Play Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with party immediately following. You can catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at The Room at the Columbus Insight Center. Meet Dan and or Dom and or Bats at the Columbus Insight Center every Wednesday when you go to the Monkey Puzzle Club. Then follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>